there are various areas around the world that have the right topography that when the quartz crystal contained in these areas become ionized through natural geologic processes, it literally produces electromagnetic fields that are so strong that they can literally rip the electromagnetic membrane that separates our dimension from other dimensions. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you so much for joining us as always we appreciate all of you out there and thank you so much for your wonderful support remember if you've got an experience and you'd like to be a guest on the show please reach out to me you can reach me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com This is Bob Gimling, and you're listening to the Paranormal Portal. Today, guys, we got an epic show lined up. Uh, tonight's guest is uh, a gentleman that I've had the pleasure of interviewing once before when I was co-hosting on another show, and we had such a great discussion. I was like, man, I couldn't wait to bring him onto our show to introduce you guys to him. I'm sure many of you out there are going to know who he is, but uh, tonight's guest has been a, a cryptozoologist for uh, decades. He's been a paranormal researcher, and he's also a, an author. And his newest book is out now, right now, on Amazon called Bigfoot Unleashed. And so we're going to be welcoming to the show Mr. Jack Carey. How you doing, Hi. Jack? Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, brother. I'm so glad that we finally got this dialed in. Uh, I've been really excited to talk to you again because, uh, as I mentioned, we, you know, we have talked once before, and I was just really blown away by what you had to say, and, uh, and I'm really excited to have you here. So thanks for making this happen. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the, the, the kind words. <laughs> well, they're, they're well-deserved. They're well-deserved. But I, I, I think for those of our listeners out there that may not know who you are, can you give a little background of who you are? Sure. Uh, boy, I've been a paranormal investigator for over 25 years now, mm -hmm. including cryptozoology, since I include that in the overall umbrella of the word paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the founder of the Paranormal Intelligence Agency. Um, we can be found at parainteligency.com. Uh, it's an investigative body where we do basically a forensic investigation of various paranormal phenomenon. Um, and that's sort of like a, it's sort of like an accountant doing a tax audit on a mystery. That's mm. kind of what these are like. So, but, uh, I have reports on there all the time of all kinds of new stuff that's been coming out in the paranormal world. Um, I spent many years in the field, working with J.C. Johnson, a, a really well-known and um, well-accomplished cryptozoologist who just had a wealth of information. I was lucky enough to, to be around him enough to learn from mm -hmm. the guy. So, um, and gosh, it's been a, a lifetime of 
investigating all of these different mysteries and trying to find the ultimate truth. And that's really what led me to what I've been talking about for a couple of years now, which is the unified theory of paranormal activity. That's a really exciting thing, too. And, and I, I have to tell you that, that it's occurred to me several times since doing the Paranormal Portal. When you hear of, of different phenomena, there, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is exactly what you're, what you're going after with the unified field theory, but uh, there does seem to be bleed through between, from one phenomena to another where, you know, sometimes it's not a lot of difference between an alien abduction and a haunting. You know, there's, there seems to be very similar traits in some, and, and sometimes it almost seems indistinguishable to figure out which is which, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and uh, I, you know, I've, I firmly believe that half of all paranormal activity is interdimensional in nature, and there are natural mechanisms here on the earth by which these doorways are opened. Um, and that's, I explain that um, in my book, Paranormal Planet, I present my entire theory, but to make a long story short, there are various areas around the world that have the right topography that when the quartz crystal contained in these areas become ionized through natural geologic processes, it literally uh, produces electromagnetic fields that are so strong that they can literally rip the electromagnetic membrane that separates our dimension from other dimensions. In that term, electromagnetic membrane, I actually get from our leading physicist um, who use that as what's actually separating our dimensions. So we already know that uh, ionized quartz crystal emits these gigantic fields. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, watching a science documentary one day and they were talking about something really amazing it's called the mock effect and there's this scientist named woodward and they also call it the woodward effect and he proved that when matter travels through space there's these minute fluctuations in the matter and those fluctuations can be harnessed as a kind of energy right and kind of zero point energy so it just kind of feeds off of itself the momentum so the earth it occurred to me the earth I already knew that these wide array of paranormal activity was occurring in areas that had these large quartz crystal deposits. And it occurred to me that as the earth is traveling through space, it's having minute fluctuations and those fluctuations are ionizing those vast quartz crystal deposits because very, very large percentage of the earth is actually quartz crystal. Um, and when it gets ionized, um, it's, it's amazing because most of the large deposits are all in areas that have been considered to be holy in some way or held to be holy areas by the indigenous tribes, um, have been named areas that have like devil place names, you know, like devil, kill devil hills and devil's knob and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's because the people there witnessed a wide array of paranormal activity occurring. And to the Native Americans, this was the place where the veil between worlds is thin, you know. Um, and this occurs everywhere from Sedona to uh, the South Central Valley of Colorado, the San Luis Valley, where I spent 
many years doing paranormal research um, to a number of vortex areas that kind of go around the globe. Um, the one thing they all have in common is this amazing array of paranormal activity all occurring within a really small geographic area, all with really credible eyewitnesses. And the only thing that each of these areas have in common are these huge quartz crystal deposits. And we've got a lot of actual eyewitnesses that have described seeing like a doorway open and describe a landscape on the other side of, of this window that kind of opens in front of them. And so it's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but um, as I, I describe in my book, there all of these big conferences going around the world with these physicists and on these, you know, really respected scientists, they all say that these dimensions should be there. Mm -hmm. And if they're there, then creatures should exist on them. And if there is, then some of them will have been intelligent enough to find a way into this dimension. Sure. And my argument is there's natural doorways already allowing for that, and they're not recognizing. They say that it should be there, but they won't recognize the fact that it is there, and it is occurring, and that's what we call paranormal activity. So. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, you know, I, and I've, I've always been fascinated by those stories that we cover on, on the portal of people that are kind of running into these things uh, inadvertently, like – People going through the woods that they're they're pretty familiar with, and suddenly they're somewhere else, you know. And and the the common theme in these stories seems to be that they realize they're somewhere else, and so they just take some steps back, and then they're where they th should have been. And and it, I've often thought of that, I, and I've I've said uh, many times in the course of the show, it's I believe there are natural portals that are opening and closing, like maybe as you say, that's brilliant. Uh, that could be the causation that would make that a reality. So that's amazing. Yeah, thanks. I, you know, it was one of those things where it just clicked. I was like, oh my God, if these things, if you could compress those vast amounts of quartz crystal, that could be strong enough to rip that membrane. And, and um, you know, who knows what kind of weird stuff comes through. <laughs> you know? And that's why I refer to the Earth as, as the paranormal planet. You know, who knows what other planets, what their, you know, top topographical makeup is, what their crust is made out of. Maybe sure. we're the only one to have these vast quartz crystal deposits that mm -hmm. just happens to open up doorways as it's traveling through space. And maybe we're the paranormal planet. <laughs> you know, no other planet has that ability to open up doorways. Maybe that's why we get so much attention. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bizarre. There's so much going on out there. There really is. And and now let me ask you this. Do you think do you think activity is increasing? Like is is there a shift or a fluctuation going on or do you just or do you think that people are just more prone to discuss it now than more than ever before because it's not as threatening socially? Uh, you know, it's a good question. Um, you might be seeing kind of a collision of the two. I think not only are a lot more people just waking up mm -hmm. um, to the reality of these things existing. Um, a lot of science is becoming married into paranormal research now, and they're doing some very interesting things in laboratories that 
you know, in years past would have gotten them fired. <laughs> yes, scientist. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is like this whole new mentality in the American public and the public at large that, um, you know, the world's a lot stranger than people give it credit for. And then all of a sudden you have the Pentagon come out and say, oh, yeah, these uh, these UFOs, these crazy people have been reporting for the last 70 years. Yeah, those are real, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. You know, maybe that maybe that I've often wondered why, why were they suddenly forthcoming? But maybe it's maybe it's realizing that more and more people are seeing it and, and it's just not plausible to keep trying to cover it up. Yeah, you know, I have uh, some very interesting information sources that I use that are kind of all thrown together in one big stew. And I look at everything and I listen to a lot of really smart people talk about some of these subjects mm -hmm. kind of under the table. And some of these people are saying to me that the reason why the UFO disclosure all of a sudden just became this hot and heavy affair you know they were just dropping video after video after video now lou elizondo signed a big book deal and that's coming out with a bunch of top uh -huh. secret information and um was simply because they ran out of money to keep it a secret oh okay. and that's an even scarier proposition it really is because it implies that you're on the verge basically of economic collapse you're on the verge of the point where the dollar and all the value within it becomes almost worthless. And you're beginning to see the signs of it right now with superinflation about to take place. Okay. So these people that are getting paid all of this money and it's in like black budget contract form mm -hmm. out to civilian owned companies that are do working on all of this back engineering technology. They sucked up trillions of dollars. Mm hmm. And because of the contracts, they didn't have to pay taxes on any of it. They oh. didn't declare any of it. They were supposed to, but they never thought anybody would out the UFO thing. Oh. You know what I mean? So they kept all of that cash and all of that money is dried up now. And all of the people that are holding all of this technology, it just starts to leak out right and left. Oh. And that's what you're beginning to see is the money that's kept it a secret all this time is beginning to leak out. And it's a twofer, you know, they can't get the world's best scientists to work in complete anonymity without ever being recognized for their work to work on these craft. Sure. That's a hard sell these days, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get the best scientists from MIT, but you know what? Nobody's going to ever know your name. You're <laughs> yeah. never going to ever be recognized for your accomplishments. <laughs> Oh man, well, I think that's I think that's absolutely uh, in incredible, and and those are some real epiphanies. They claim that these ETs don't live on a planet, but it's like an ethereal planet. person that's experienced a lot of different stuff i 
you know, I have no no question at all that there's there's a lot going on here that we just don't know, and and of course the UFO phenomenon is just one one piece of that incredible um, pie of of phenomena. Um, I, I'm wondering, and I don't mean to totally shift gears, but in, in your in your uh, experience, is is there any one topic you enjoy more than the others, or is it is it all just a, a big pie of opportunity for you? Well, you know, in the beginning, it was cryptozoology, uh-huh. and I recognized early on that the Bigfoot mystery was a giant domino. Yeah. That if you could just just get enough evidence to push it enough that it fell, a whole lot of other dominoes go with it. Mm. And so for that reason, it carries a very special prize. Um, You know, the repercussions of actual final discovery of the species are going to ripple out like people can't even imagine. And to be the, the person who ends up pulling that ring um, is, you know, it's not about their fame or fortune or any of that. It's about the amount of social change that that discovery can cause because all of a sudden everybody's going to come and they're going to question everything that they thought was true. Sure. And they're going to question everybody that they thought was an expert who they thought was telling them that truth. Mm-hmm. And it all gets shredded to pieces right then and there. Then there's all kinds of economic repercussions. Every one of the scientists who laughed and denied these creatures could ever exist loses their job and credibility that day. Mm. There's, you know, there's huge, huge repercussions that a lot of researchers don't think about. And the government does not want that mystery solved. You want to talk about opening a can of worms that nobody wants to deal with? Oh, my God. It is the ultimate can of worms. And so as I began pursuing cryptozoology, I began to realize that there was something not right here, Mm -hmm. that there were other cryptozoological animals that also existed alongside these creatures and had many parallels to them, so many in fact, that to me it seemed obvious they had to be coming from a singular source. And that source could not be natural biology on this planet because there are zero biological processes ever recorded by any of our scientists to explain, for instance, how you ever develop an upright running canine headed creature Mm -hmm. like a report with Dogman, right? Sure. Dogman's interesting for a lot of reasons. One of those is that it runs perfectly parallel to the Bigfoot mystery. In other words, we have indigenous oral histories about the creatures. Mm -hmm. We have uh, physical evidence being left at the scene in the form of other uh, footprints and other, uh, including some DNA that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. And there is an ever-growing body of highly credible witnesses. All those things are identical in both cases. So if we're to say that there is a, you know, a uh, apex primate, perhaps half human predator running around the the wilderness of North America, eight to 10 feet tall, um, and goes unrecognized by science, nobody's been able to find the remains, Mm -hmm. and yet they find 
an upright running canine headed creature completely off the chart. Yeah. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in both cases, there is a single running line of evidence that connects them in a really amazing way. And I actually include that in my new book, Bigfoot Unleashed. There's a chapter called Bigfoot versus Dogman. And I talk about all of the exact similarities between the two. And and uh, I think people will be surprised when they see that. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, it, it, the part that sometimes gets hard to wrap your head around, well, for me anyway, I can only speak from my, my own head, but uh, it, it's, it's the depth of the rabbit hole. You know, when you speak of, of cryptids, how, how many things are out there? And right. Because how many, how many times have you heard of these one-offs? You know, this people run into like, a, uh, like for instance, the Dover demon, demon that it just mm. kind of appeared and then it was no longer around. Uh, other than a few anecdotal uh, claims here and there, uh, the Momo in Missouri, which I don't know, I, I seem to think that it's probably some form of, of a Sasquatch or, or something like that, but maybe not because apparently he had three toes rather than five and, and you know, the other discrepancies. But th- then then the, the proto-pygmies and, and the, the little people and things like that, the gnomes, the how much is out there? And, and it just... It, it, <laughs> it gets to be this overwhelming um, quagmire of possibility. And, and right. quite honestly, right. I think they could all probably be out there. But then you got to wonder, how do we know so little about a world that we've been inhabiting for tens of thousands of years or more, hundreds of thousands of years, however long our history goes? Right. And, you know, to me, that also goes to the heart of the nature of, of the Bigfoot mystery, mm-hmm. of course. And, I've addressed this in my in my unified field theory and in Bigfoot Unleashed that um, there appears to be genetic manipulation in many of these cryptid animals to such a degree that it allows them abilities that they use in order to remain largely undetected by scientists. Um, in fact, they're so outside the paradigm of what our scientists are used to because of their DNA construction Mm-hmm. that it draws unbelievability to them right away. Sure. Um, you know, you're not going to tell them that there's a primate species on the planet that's able to run 65, 70 miles an hour over uneven mountainous terrain, cheetah speed. Yeah. They're going to they laugh at you and they're like, yeah, right. Sure. You know, and yet that's how fast these creatures can move. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, their expl- explanation is that, well, no animal on earth possesses abilities beyond that which they need in order to survive. Oh. And here is a species that possesses abilities that are way beyond just the necessi- you know, necessity <laughs> to survive. Sure. And that was one of the things that led me down this path. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think it's brilliant, I, and I, I I agree. I mean, there's there's obviously something going on here that we don't that well, I can't say we don't know, but I guess we don't know because nothing has been you know quote unquote proven. But I, I think that when it comes to this stuff, you can't remove any possibility. You can't uh, you can't objectively say this isn't possible, but maybe this is because 
Right. When you're dealing with the unknown, everything is plausible. Everything is possible. And you can't just uh, arbitrarily say, well, I don't like this, so it's not possible. And, and, And you see that a lot happening. Oh, that's such a great statement. I'm so glad that you made that statement because I kind of live by that rule. And the entirety of my investigative career has been on the path of finding absolute truth, no matter how scary that truth was. I made this deal with myself that long ago, 27, 28 years ago. And it's interesting because... This mystery, it just has so many different aspects that it just blows me away. Yeah. Um, and what was your point again? What were you saying? Well, I mean, I think that we have to have a completely open mind if we're going to actually discover yeah. what these are. I, yeah, I totally agree. Without an open mind and you go into these investigations with these preconceived notions of anything – it often never fits those preconceived notions and it always ends up being a shade of what you thought it was going to be. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've always lived by the rule of eliminating impossibilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how I investigate things. And even though it's corny, there's a, quote from uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle that I've always lived by. And that is when you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable has to be the truth. Mm. And the key is however improbable. And that improbable can seem really improbable sometimes. (laughs) And yet when you logically and intelligently deduce what has to be impossible, which I do in my book. The first chapter is called, you know, eliminating the impossibilities. And I talk to people how I eliminated those possibilities. And so I invite everybody to kind of, you walk along the journey with me of this evidence. I present, you know, evidence uh, A, B, C, D, and it's in a linear fashion, Mm. um, bringing you to the same overall conclusion that I came to by way of this actual evidence that I'm showing you. Yeah. So it's, um, it's one of those things that you always have to go where the evidence leads you and not where you (laughs) want it to lead you. Right. Oh my God. I didn't want it to lead me here because in a world of already where you get ridiculed, Mm -hmm. it's, it's even worse to get ridiculed by people who are in like, the Bigfoot community who themselves are already being ridiculed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, second down on the total right there. (laughs) I I honestly think that people are coming around to what my theory discusses. And I, as a example of that, I swear just a few weeks ago, David Paulides missing 401. He does a lot of good YouTube Mm -hmm. videos now. And he had uh, Bo Beaufet on there, the the guy from BFRO, really nice, nice man. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. James Bo Beaufet. So he had him on there, and they were just having an open discussion, and they began talking about their paranormal experiences while out squatching. 
Mm-hmm. And James had a, you know, Bobo had a lot of experiences where there were anomalous lights, UFO activity, this type of thing. And so did David Polites. And yeah. uh, so there's a lot of researchers, I think, beginning to come to a realization. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and I have to say that even in the short period of time of doing this show, um, hearing uh, the, 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 how it was, you know, there's still a lot of people that are locked into it has to be this and that's what they're willing to accept. And the, and they just discard anything that falls outside of that, which, right. you know, I, I just don't think we have the luxury of that, nor is that an appropriate approach probably, but I can understand people get stuck in their paradigm. I'm stuck in my paradigm a lot of times doing the show, but I at least try to keep an open mind because I, I don't know. And none of us know, but, um, right. It's kind of akin, I guess, if I was to make up a metaphor for it, it's like you, you get this opportunity to go investigate squares, but you only have a circle paradigm to work with, you know? So how can right. you objectively understand a square if all you can accept is a circle, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. I just <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Okay. And it, a lot of times it's just impossible to relay truth of evidence to people who refuse to look at the evidence because it nullifies, you know, their particular belief in what something should be like. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have it in their mind that these creatures should be giganticus pithecus. They should be just a dumb great ape wandering around or an interdimensional creature or a half dimensional creature. I go through all of these in my book, you know, these possibilities, but um, the one thing we all agree on is that they're real, mm-hmm. that they exist. And I think that that's something that we can all huddle around and say, yeah, you know, everybody, there are no experts in cryptozoology. Everybody's theory is equal until one of them is proven true. Yeah. And I love any theory that somebody presents and actually has some, you know, some logical deduction, throwing a little science in there, you know, <laughs> so that you can actually see how they came about that. You know, sure. I love that no matter what. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I, I have a great passion for it because I've been, you know, throwing my life into this for the last five years. But. You know, it's been an interest of mine my whole life. And I, I guess for me is, and I think it, it might be a pretty, obviously a pretty lofty goal, but you know, I just want to understand because I think that there is still, you know, a lot of mystery in this world and there's a lot of magic in it. And, and I like the idea that we live in that world, not the, not the one that's hard pressed between, you know, paper pages and, and categorized and shelved and, you know, move on to the next, but uh, do you think that there is governmental knowledge of all these things? Uh, obviously, the UFO things, they've come out and said, yeah, those are those are real. What about the other phenomena? You know, I, I do. Now, there's, there's evidence for like Majestic 12, of course, and the whole UFO phenomenon. There's never been a paper trail mm-hmm. of evidence for a group deep within the government that was focused solely on paranormal activity. There are some FBI uh, files that they've released on their vault, the FBI vault.org. And it's just listed under paranormal. And they they talk about a few things. One of them is the, uh, they talk about ETs that they encountered. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, 
you can find it online now readily. I, I posted on my website a long time ago when it came out. But what's interesting is that they claim that these ETs don't live on a planet like we think of a planet, but it's like an ethereal planet on another plane connected to this one interdimensionally. And that when we detonated our nuclear weapons, it caused a vast amount of damage on their planet which is what got their attention, and that's why they came here, right? Oh. And they claim that they, they call them, um, oh, what is the word they give them? Supernatural beings. Oh. These are supernatural beings is what they call them in these FBI documents. So I find that really, really interesting, given all of the blue book stuff and everything else. Here is the FBI talking about something that we would describe as being like spiritual. Uh-huh. That you is know, really wild. From the spiritual realm. I know. It's absolutely insane. So and there's a lot of other information in that file. That you can find it online. If you just go to the FBI vault.org, it's on there. So um, I'm write that down because I definitely got to look into that, FBI vault.org. See, there's a single beat that sends out this vibration that, can, that we would describe as being God. Um, what about the, you know, the Bigfoot Dogman stuff? Do you think that they're well aware of all of that and are actively covering it up, much like the UFO phenomena? I do. Um, I I know for a fact they're covering up the Sasquatch mystery. There's just too much evidence to suggest um, that they are. The Dogman thing is interesting because one of the leading researchers. Uh, into the whole Dogman mystery is a, an author um, that wrote God, a, a whole number of books, and she wrote newspaper articles for Linda the Godfrey? newspaper. Linda Godfrey yep. is her name. Yep. And um, she talked to a government-trained remote viewer. Mm. This guy was able to provide his credentials in, in convince her he was who he said he was he said that he had targeted dogmen and he had all this crazy cool information i include all of this in my book but he said that they were from an et species that had landed here previously had done some sort of genetic work that this was like their soldier class that these creatures had some sort of bio armor which i found amazing because an dozens of accounts you know they've been hit with mm-hmm. with high caliber weapons and it hasn't had any effect on them mm-hmm. uh, and so i find it really interesting that a remote viewer would come forward to her to say hey i read your work and i've done targeting and this is what i found and didn't want his name known or anything like that but but uh, yeah makes you wonder how much they do know right uh, yeah and and now in your in your experience and th- this is kind of a, a spider web of that but do you think that whatever this dogman thing trails back to the the Anubis idea from Egypt and the uh, do you think it's also has something to do with the cynocephaly that were mentioned in the ancient world as these fierce warriors with dog heads uh, mm-hmm. do, do you think they're all one and the same or do you think there's several things going on here 
I do. In fact, this remote viewer who apparently had absolutely no knowledge of sinocephaly in his remote viewing describes exactly what is described as these dog-headed warrior class of an ancient, you know, alien race. It's almost identical. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of credence to that idea. Now, he also claims that they live down in in the caves and crevices of the Mm. earth, as he put it, so that they're, they're waiting. He got the sense that they were waiting for something and that the ones that are seen are kind of like scouts, Oh, which is also bizarre. But, yeah, that's where the evidence leads. <laughs> you know, this would all be great. I should just write it all as fiction. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> buy fiction. <laughs> well, the truth is stranger than fiction. There's no question. They don't, they don't buy nonfiction. Though. They buy fiction. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, it would be a, a killer series, I'm sure, if you did. But I, I just think that so much of this stuff is, is, I mean, I think that in our pursuit of these topics, will much like Tesla said, when you start looking at the non, the non-physical and the energy, and realize that things are frequency, that we will learn more in a decade than we've learned in all of combined history. And I think that this could be some of the stuff he was referring to. I do too. You know, he said. Uh, frequency, sound, and vibration are, are the secrets to the universe. And the, the numbers three, six, and nine. Yeah. I find that very interesting too. But to the point of, of vibration, sound, and frequency, I think would be an interesting thing to, to uh, throw out there. Is that in the, the course of all of my years of research, and I was, a, I was one of those people who I was lucky I had years where I literally did nothing but study paranormal Mm. everything books after books after books and sometimes reading them five six times and I had you know a job that allowed me to do that all day long (laughs) for years (laughs) so I became this uh, total freak but um, this science this knowledge got left in ancient Egypt. Then it survived into a tribe that ended up migrating to West Africa. And to make a long story short, what they tell anthropologists is that uh, there's a harmonic relationship between our star and the star Sirius. And that every year on July 23rd, which they call the Day of the Bado, and they do the bottom right. They say that special signals come from Sirius mm-hmm. and um, interact with our star. And then those vibrations interact with biology on our Earth. So in other words, this, this special God, divine vibration comes from Sirius. Mm-hmm. It harmonically vibrates with our star. And because of that, it can affect biology and evolution on our planet. Mm. And I find that really, really interesting because when they looked at the bases of the pyramids, they discovered that the base of the largest pyramid, when you add up all the sides, they call it the mean of the sides, Mm -hmm. you add that up and then you do the same thing to the next largest pyramid. The discrepancy between them is the same discrepancy between the mass of our star and the mass of Sirius. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So contained within the structure of the pyramids mm-hmm. is the secret of, of the stars. It's kind of like the stars are a giant, like musical instrument, you know, mm-hmm. like you can walk into a room and there's a guy playing a, a, a fiddle on one end, a violin on one end, and there's a piano at the other end of the room and there's nobody there. You can walk up and look down at the strings and they'll be vibrating to the notes that are being played sure. by the violin. And that's called harmonic resonance. That's nice. That same principle exists on an astrophysical level between stellar bodies. That's right. And yeah, and so it can cause instantaneous change. And it appears to be some kind of mechanism built into the fabric of the universe. And what's crazy is whoever built the pyramids knew about it. The the possibility that they would make that or even know that that was the exact difference between the mass of Sirius and our star, because that exact difference is also the exact difference in harmonic mathematical theory um, <laughs> of the octave. So I talk about all of this in my first book, but it's amazing that they knew about that and that this whole idea of vibration, sound and frequency, because that also kind of delves into the whole reptilian alien theme of them being able to control the vibration of humanity. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. That's, that's huge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I I think that that's, there, there has to have been, um, how do I say this? I believe that there's something to the ancient astronaut theory, you know, that's, that's in some manner or way that our, our development has probably been, I don't want to say supervised, but maybe influenced or, or guided by uh, extraterrestrial intelligences. Uh, it just seems that the ancient world, something, they, they knew a whole lot more than they ever should have given what we believe we understand about them. And, Maybe these other beings were here. Maybe they weren't. I I don't know. But I I certainly know that they're here today. Um, As as you and I were talking before the show, I talked to you about my my personal experiences and, uh, you know, how how amazing that is. But I don't know. It's how did all that knowledge get lost? Where did it go that there there was this? Because, I mean, ancient Sumerians, they had knowledge of stars that they had no business knowing. Right. And they started the Zodiac in the middle of the Zodiac. He <laughs> <laughs> started in the middle, you know what I mean? Unless it was already something before then. So, right. yeah, you know, and I, I ask myself that all the time. And you, you talk to people like Graham Hancock and they're like, well, you know, history was just so tumultuous on this planet with ice ages that came and comets that impacted and entire civilizations wiped out and the library at Alexandria got Mm -hmm. burned, you know, that we're basically a species with amnesia, you know, uh, wandering through the desert. And I think you can see traces of, alien contact in the past but i'm like you i don't know to what degree yeah and i don't know if they were physically walking among them or if they were somehow you know just telepathically guiding them to do this or that i mean because they can do that you know sure well when you when you mentioned sympathetic resonance to Sirius, that's what made me think well you know 
maybe that's more than just uh, it's it could be a, a profound link. It could be, um, for lack of a better term, a psychic link because we're in that same field or that same resonance that maybe, you know, it's one of the things I've always had a hard time understanding and, and not that I've ever disbelieved anything, but you know, you hear people talk sometimes about being telepathically in communication with these alien intelligences. And, you know, my mind is still stuck in many, in many ways in three dimensional mechanics. It's like, well, they're way out there. We're way here. You know, is that possible that a, a mental energy could, you know, traverse the stars and create connections like that. And, and maybe it is and maybe it isn't. I, I, I don't know. But when you talked about that resonance and that, that sympathetic frequency between our son and, and Sirius, that, you know, maybe that's the link. Maybe that's the connection. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting because that uh, relationship infers that this is a universal construction mm-hmm. between stellar bodies. And who knows, maybe if you trace those lines of harmonic connection back to the center of the galaxy. There's a single beat that sends out this vibration that controls the evolution that we would describe as being God or the vibration, you know, the center of creation. Mm -hmm. And maybe that goes even to the center of the universe. And there's another one and it just sends out these impulses like through the human body um, to control creation as a whole i mean all kinds of possibilities you know sure. present themselves when you think about just how crazy this universe is <laughs> and how little we know how little we oh, know yeah. you know I, I read an article the other day about the uh, uh the idea that we're living in a simulated mm-hmm. reality a computer program sure. and i was like man if that's the case there's a programmer somewhere that's got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a too many glitches in this code, damn it. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. The guy's on something. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that's what I love about doing this show. It's just, you know, I, I never like try to structure conversations. I just love to have discussions. And this episode, this show right here is a great example of why, because uh, you know, we've covered such amazing ground. And such amazing ideas, and and I, I mean, this has blown me away for sure. <laughs> That's just what I love to do, and you know what? My wife says the same thing all the time. It's hard for me. Like if I go to a barbecue or something, <laughs> and there's nobody there that knows like the paranormal world. <laughs> oh, I can't even have a conversation. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what do I do? You sit and eat a lot of chips, right? <laughs> I know, you know, and. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you. I'm in the in the paranormal world, and once you're there, and once you've seen what you and I have seen, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get your head back out of that, back into the mundane, yeah. everyday stuff. And there's so many of them out there. I call them the white picket fencers, you know, <laughs> and and they just won't let anything into the bubble, no. you know, to disturb that. So yeah, I, I think people fiercely defend their paradigm because that's their that's their security, that's their safety net. And when something like this stuff intrudes upon people's lives, and I, you know, I've covered that many times on the show as well, is that these skeptics turn believers, you know, and, and there's some of the incredible experiences they've had that shook them out of that out of that security and thrust them headfirst into a whole different understanding of reality. And some people are are severely traumatized by that. 
because yeah. you know there's security in knowing that you you know your Monday through Friday your weekends are fun and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. pay your bills on time be a good person yeah right right <laughs> so. put, put some change in the collection plate you'll get through the gate you know <laughs> yes. everything's taken care of from yeah. cradle to grave you know and it is crazy and I I don't you know sometimes I don't realize that and I'm talking to somebody and I I don't realize it but I reach over and I just yank the little baby blanket <laughs> out of their hands you know? <laughs> without yeah. realizing it and yeah. uh and i'm just always like oh god you gotta learn to just <laughs> not say stuff <laughs> well, that's, that's why i love talking to you brother i love that you say stuff and i love that you you bring so much to the plate and and this has been an absolutely epic conversation so i well, I, I, I really appreciate you being here i hope you'll agree to come back a few more times because we got a lot of ground to cover Absolutely. Anytime. Love talking to you. And uh, again, your book is now available on Amazon. It's Bigfoot Unleashed by Jack yes. Terry, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely go out there and check it out, download it, and you can uh, check out his other books as well. He's got a few of them out there. Amazing books, obviously. And uh, yeah, definitely support your work. What's your websites and how can people stay in touch with you? Sure. My website is paraintelagency.com. Mm -hmm. um, you can also search Paranormal Intelligence Agency is my YouTube channel. And uh, there's a lot of there's 20 really deep research videos on there now for people to check out covering a number of different paranormal topics. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you can find Bigfoot Unleashed on Amazon right now. Um, it's out in ebook because it's got a lot of color photographs and the color photographs are stuff nobody's ever seen before from our in the field investigation wow. so wow jack thanks so much brother it's been an absolute pleasure and we'll get you scheduled in for some more some more of these epic visits and continue uh, the dialogue I, thank you very much appreciate it yeah this, this is amazing All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So... Hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.